For every season in my presence is another invitation. From my spirit for you as an individual man, an individual woman. To come in to more of me. Because I do not judge you as a mass, as a crowd, but I work with you. And my intimate judgments are for you on an individual, personal place and basis, says the Spirit of the Lord. Do not judge yourself according to another man's measure, but allow me to come and encourage you by my Spirit in the path that I'm intimately coercing and asking of you, says the Spirit of the Lord. Just as some of David's men went with him to war and others stayed by the stuff to keep it while others fought. Yet when the spoils of war were divided, all were divided equally, says the Spirit of the Lord. Those who went to war and those who stayed by the stuff had equal portions. So I say unto you, do not judge yourself according to another man's measure, but allow me to come and intimately as a father invite you in to more of me, says the Spirit of the Lord. Ha, yes, sir. For many have taken away my encouragement for their life and disallowed that encouragement because they saw and heard what others were doing and measured themselves by that and were not wise in doing so, says the Spirit of the Lord. For when you hear of others who spend hours in prayer and hours in my word, and you yourself know your own life, and the war and the fight that you're in, and all the things that entail your life, do not measure yourself by another man, but allow me to encourage you to be all that you can be in me, says the Spirit of the Lord. For if I gave my life and loved you in that while you were yet sinners, Christ died, how much more on the other side of salvation is my loving kindness and my tender mercies outpoured to you, says the Spirit of grace. <laughs> yes, sir. I desire that all my church would pray without ceasing. And I provided my spirit that you could do that as you go. And then as you go, he would lead you into the prayer closet as often as he possibly can get you there. But I say again to you, many of you have disallowed the encouragement of the hour by measuring yourself by what others, even when they did not, boast themselves beyond their measure, 
but so spoke of the things in which God had worked in their life. But I say unto you, I am a father as you are a father and mother to your children. Everyone is different. Everyone has their own personality and their own challenges. And I say unto you, know me as a father. Do not know me through another man or through another man's ministry. Do not let others be the intimacy in your life. Let me be the intimacy in your life. And I'll bring you in, each and every one, and those who stay by the stuff will be those as if they went to war. And they that went to war as if they stayed by the stuff. Stay in a place where you as a body continually move forward and, incur and be being encouraged by my spirit. If you'll listen, I'll whisper to you as a son or as a daughter great words of encouragement that I'm pleased with you on whatever you're giving to me presently in fastings and in prayers and giving of thanks. One great army, one great army, but every one individuals. This is why I said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It was not concerning those things that all the body knew were things that they had already at the birth been purged of. But it was the individuality in consciousness and in all things that I would come as you as an individual. I'm raising up a great army, but you must know who you are. And you cannot let Satan or the flesh destroy your confidence and my willingness to be in every part of your life because you measure yourself by someone else. But I say, let each one come unto me. As a father, I'll fill you. As a father, I'll heal you. As a father, I'll encourage you. Mahala hetiete. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So we release now more of you, less of me. Show them and show us and show me how to do this, how to come, how to move have our being in Christ. Purge the excess, the things that truly are excuses. Show us where excuses are at and what's true responsibility in life. But in all this, that we continue to know you first and foremost as a father, as an intimate, individual we want to know you way beyond God way beyond God we want to know you as Abba we love you Father we worship you let's sing it again please magnify him Jesus hallelujah well if we went home right now we've already had church 
did you have any intention on giving that no sir not in the least not even contemplating it prior to coming but here's the instruction that I would give with that by the Holy Ghost if you're a person listening we'll have that prophecy up in the next few days but if you're a person uh, male or female man or woman and at times you fight up a, a real battle about your prayer life as in regards to where you believe or where you think that the Lord would really want you at or and I'm talking about a battle like condemnation that can be self-imposed or it can be the enemy or it can be both but you're not going to get to the next level in a place of condemnation nor are you going to get to the next level in a place of excuse there's a perfect balance and if I know my father and I know him well he was not talking about the person who was wanting to make excuse I'm just too busy I've got too much going on I'm working too hard but a person that is crying and I I know I know that some people really do cry physically cry because they say I want to do more and I'm caught up and I God I don't even know how to get there I don't even know how to release these things and get thank you and get to the next level God I feel for you this morning There's a compassion going out. God, I feel your heart towards these people. They love you, Jesus. They love you like I love you, like we all love you. Heal their hearts. Give them the encouragement, Lord, those that are in the house, those that are watching. Give them the encouragement they need. Now I'd get that prophecy because it'll be on the website. You can read it right off. You can listen to it. I'd print it. I'd print it. When it comes out, I'd put it in my Bible or someplace where I would read it at least once a day or twice a week or three times and get that inside of you because that is the perfect word of the Lord. Hallelujah, Father. We glorify you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, it's good to be back home. It's good to see Renee and Rosa. And uh, we announced uh, several weeks ago that our brother, Raul, is, uh, went home to be with the Lord. And uh, we're... At some point in the near future, we're going to have a memorial service, and we're going to schedule that. And uh, but we're glad, we're glad that uh, they're here with us this morning. Amen. 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 So blessings. Hadn't seen them in a while, but boy, it's good to see them, and we're glad they're here to receive the presence of the Lord. Amen. Well, it's good to be home for a few hours. So, <clears throat> this is, I've never had a time like this, but I know that everything is, nothing is by permission, like, okay, God, I talked God into doing something that really wasn't his will. It was, everything was prayed about, and everything's in perfect 
So we got home last night from Tennessee from the, doing a marriage, and some of those are watching this morning from Alabama and, and all of our families out there, Alabama, Georgia, some in Mississippi, Arizona, a lot of places. All of you are so vital and so important. So we married a beautiful couple that will be down here in a couple weeks, and uh, Brewer and Emily, and so that was just wonderful, and they were down here last year, and they were just, they weren't even a couple then, but now they're married, hallelujah. So we preach the gospel everywhere we go, and these are not vacations, if you think we're just running all, taking a vacation, where the Lord is asking us to go to these places, and uh, we, we, Friday night, it was pretty amazing, we did a, a wedding at this house, <laughs> I don't know if you can call it a house, it was on uh, 175 acres, and uh, it looked like some kind of Cinderella castle or something, I don't know, but it was amazing, 28,000 square feet in the house, and uh, I married them on the steps of the house. And it was really awesome, and we had a we had a great great time, and I was able to even share the gospel in the in the the wedding. So we came home last night. Just got home just about dark, and then uh, tomorrow morning at four we got to get up and get ready to go to Maine for a week. But that's for Candy's sister. Candy was one of eleven. And um, this is her oldest sister. Is Carlene the oldest? She was, and Candy's the youngest. So she really was like a mother to Candy. And uh, so when she passed a few weeks ago with a battle that we'd been, you know, with fighting, but she knew the Lord, but not necessarily on this walk. And uh, she passed from complications from cancer. And so I knew in my spirit, I was listening because I listened. And then the Lord said to me, whatever your wife wants, make sure that you do it. See, obedience to God is not just some kind of something that you, you know, you do like it sounds real spiritual. He said, whatever her heart is, and so she was uh, like a mother to Candy, and Candy said, I, I really want to go and be part of her memorial. Well, you, I knew I was supposed to make that happen. Candy, if you know her, she may be like many of you other women. Um, she doesn't ask for anything. <laughs> if you give her a bunch of money, if you give her come up and give her cash or something, she don't... She's really different than a lot of late. She don't like to shop. I never seen a woman like her hardly. <laughs> I can't get her to go to town. She'll she'd rather spend it on somebody else or save it. But when the when the Lord said you do whatever she asked, or it wasn't like a harsh. It was just I knew okay. So we'll be gone again. But then when we get back, we'll be back for a, a good while. Then <laughs> Hallelujah. So I'm saying this. There's two things, because um, that was the third wedding I did out of state this, this year, and they're all of them say, well, you get away and you don't get to, to pray as much. No, listen, 
You don't ever, if you're, if you're going into God, you don't ever take time off. It just makes it more inconvenient. So when you get up at 4 o'clock in the morning in the hotel room, then you've got more inconvenience because you're waking up your spouse. <laughs> but then you find a place. You don't ever stop praying. You don't ever give yourself excuse like, oh, I'm on an assignment. I, I, can, I can lay off for a week. You just find a place to keep praying, keep going ahead. That's what a revivalist does. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're glad for all of you that are here this morning. And we just love you so much. And we appreciate your faithfulness. And there will be prayer tonight. So be a part of that. We appreciate the ministry Wednesday night. And I heard from some of the Alabama guys that watched it. They said, my God, that there was an uh, exhortation that Homer did that was incredible. So uh, I can't wait to hear it myself. And that's, that's fantastic. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me just exhort you for a moment uh, before we're dismissed in the break. Go to, we very seldom have an exhortation over the giving, but let me take you to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Hallelujah. My God, that prophecy this morning, he came upon us and like I said, if, if we had just heard that, it was enough to say we had church. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. So we're going to look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And By the way, because of, I'll just say this for those of you that, often send me emails or text I'll get back to you <laughs> but I'm kind of going and coming a lot these days so if if it's a little bit slower I'm not not uh, interested in what you're having to share look at verse 1 of 2nd Corinthians 11 verse 1 and this is Paul speaking to the church obviously at Corinth and he was the father of that church he birthed it, built it, uh, and I say build it, I mean he built it as in doctrine. And these were his spiritual children per se. They were gods, of course, but they were being taught by Paul from the very beginning. Would to God you would bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. For I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to a husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtility, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that would that cometh preaches another Jesus, whom you would not whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit which we have not uh, received, or another gospel which ye have not accepted, you might well bear with him. For I suppose that I, I was, suppose I was not a wit behind the chiefest apostles. But though I be rude in speech, yet not in knowledge, but we have been thoroughly made manifest among you in all things. Now Paul's saying all this, and he's leading up to saying something because 
here's the trouble of the hour. I'll tell you the reason why this chapter was written predominantly so. Because false apostles had come in to Corinth and Achaia, which was the region which Corinth was at. And in that region, they were saying, we're equal to Christ, equal to Paul. In other words, you need to listen to us just like you listen to Paul. Paul's not all that special. Oh, yeah, okay, maybe he helped get you guys started. But we're the Johnny-come-latelys, and we have just as much to say as Paul does. And, but Paul was saying, these guys are going to lead you astray because they're preaching something that I did not preach to you from the beginning. It's not founded on Christ. It's not founded on the truth of God's Word. Then he transitions in just a moment to actually use giving as a way in which he begins to try to weed these guys out. Or I'll put it another way, to starve these guys out. And you'll see what I'm going to say in just a moment, or what, he's, what I'm referring to in just a moment. Again in verse 6, But though I be rude in speech, yet not in knowledge, but we have been thoroughly made manifest among you in all things, meaning you know who we are. We've totally showed you uh, without pretense who we are. Have I committed an offense in abasing myself that we might be exalted, that you might be exalted because I have preached to you the gospel of God freely? I robbed other churches, taking wages of them to do your service. Now, he didn't physically rob anybody. But he is saying, I took no offerings up among you. Some people might use this as uh, something to say, well, you shouldn't take offerings up in churches. Well, they're wrong, and they don't know the Word of God. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 were two chapters that told you how properly to receive offerings in the church. And if, and if, if God didn't want you taking up offerings, he would have never put in how offerings should have been received in the church. Paul said, I robbed other churches taking wages of them to do you service. And when I was present with you and wanted, I was chargeable to no man. For that which was lacking to me, the brethren which came from Macedonia supplied. So the Macedonian offering probably was from the people of Philippi. Philippi was in Macedonia, that region. So he's saying, I, he wasn't saying he didn't receive offerings. He did receive offerings. He accepted gifts, but, the, but he wasn't at that time receiving any gifts from Achaia or from Corinthians because he wanted to prove something to them. He said, where I did get my supply was I got, a large, I got a large check or I got a large gift from the people over at Philippi. And, uh, or he said Macedonia, but it's probably predominantly so we understand from other scriptures, Philippi. And in all things I have kept myself from being burdensome unto you, and so will I keep myself. And as the truth of Christ is in me, no man shall stop me of this boasting in the regions of Achaia. In other words, he went about saying, I haven't taken anything of the Corinthian church. I haven't taken up an offering. I wouldn't let them, you know, they didn't give me anything. I've preached the word of God freely to them. Why did he do that? Wherefore, because I love you not, God knoweth. In other words, my boasting was not to shame you, saying, the church at Corinth didn't give me anything. He said, did I do that to shame you? No, I didn't do that to shame you. I did that for another reason. 
But what I do, verse 12, that I do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein they glory, they may be found even as we. In other words, these false apostles that are in Achaia or in this region or in Corinth area, these guys that want attention to say, we're equal with Paul. Well, Paul says this, okay, what I've done is I've taken no offerings and I live by faith. So if these guys, if, if they want to measure themselves by me and they want the same respect from you that I get, then don't, let, don't give them anything. Don't give them anything. Let them live just like me and we'll see if they can continue on. See, Jesus said this. He said to his servants, to his disciples, he said, I'm going to send you out. The, he says, the labor is worthy of his hire. Take no stave, no extra script, which was a pouch to carry food, no purse to carry uh, extra money. Don't take double sandals or two coats. In other words, if God is sending you, God will supply it. Now, this is the way Dave Roberson taught us years ago. You don't ask for anything. Now, I'll give you an opportunity to, re to receive something. But in 20-something years, I've never gone to any of you as an individual. You may come to me and say, I'd like to help. Then we may start a dialogue, if you, but I've never gone to anybody and said, would you do this? Would you start? That's, that's between you and God. And Paul said this, I'm cutting off an occasion by these men who say they are something to see if they can really live by the same faith that I'm living in. He says in verse 13, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into false apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself transformed into the angel of light, into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. And I say again, let no man think of me a fool, if otherwise, yet as a fool, receive me, that I may boast myself a little. Hallelujah. So that's basically it. We could go on more and more. But why are you saying these things? I'm saying this. Giving is something out of your heart. Giving is part of worship. And the desire of a true spiritual father is not to shear the sheep, but allow them the opportunity to give according as the Holy Spirit. I, I say this um, by permission in a certain sense, but your giving humbles me. Uh, at times I, I come to the point of tears to know that people love this ministry and love and respect it enough to say, Lord, what would you have me to give? And not only in this setting, where we physically give, but many of you giving online on a monthly basis. And so here, here's the thing, back to what Paul, if God starts something, or if God commissions something, I should say, like where we're headed, revival, he will supply it. He will absolutely supply it. You are, you will never be, not 10 years from now, not 15 years from now, not any time where we're building a church or anything else, no one is ever going to come to you and ask you to give, to buy a bond, which we won't do, to sign a banknote, 
to become a joint. We do things. Our God supplies all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So this morning, we're going to pray, give you an opportunity to give into something that you believe in, which is this outpouring. Father, thank you for your gift, your gift of eternal life, which came through Jesus Christ. So through Christ, you supply and meet all our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And we thank you for this giving this morning in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. And everybody said? We're not gone usually a lot, but when, you know, this has been a different season and prayer will go up tonight and uh, Miss Gay will lead it again and uh, confessions. I believe my heart is very, um, I believe a leader should um, lead by example. And if I'm not here, it's, it's different. And uh, it's not because we just sit out just to sit out. Hallelujah. But I appreciate the elders. That's one of the reasons why the elders are elders, because they're, they are taking charge, uh, oversight. Paul said oversight over the house of God. And uh, hallelujah. And we've got up-and-coming young elders so these guys are, these young adults are uh, coming up. By the way, uh, Homer would like to see the young adults after service for five minutes, ten minutes. He's planning a homecoming event. He had one of these a few years ago. It was really wonderful. And the Lord is placing that in his spirit to do that again. So he's trying to discuss some things, pick some dates. And we know we've got holidays coming up and all kind of stuff. But uh Please, young adults, stay after service for a little bit and meet with Homer. It'll be good. We do have another homecoming at uh, the beginning of this coming month, and that is uh, the Alabama, Tennessee, Texas. <laughs> All those guys are coming in. And that'll be the November 6th, I believe it is. I believe it is November 6th. So they want to just come and they... They said to me, they said, we're calling this the homecoming. So I said, okay, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Because they love Immokalee. Praise the Lord. Amen. And I, we love them. And we love everybody that's watching. You're so special. All of you really are. And uh, we pray for you. We pray over the people that are part of this. And uh, bless the Lord. So prayer will go up tonight. Be a part of it. Come to confession and worship. Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the Lord. I'm listening and taking my time because it's important. Let's go to Romans chapter, no, let's go to Ephesians. I think we'll go, why am I thinking of Romans? Because we may go there at some point. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. We're still continuing on the, the battle with two parts or the war with two parts. We love you, Jesus. You're so special. So we're going to look at 6, 10 for just a moment and uh, launch back into this. Praise the Lord. Well, Father, we love you. We thank you that you're growing us up. You're not jerking us up. And you are 
spending time as a father to grow us up in every way in word in prophecy in laying on of hands in demonstration of power and the elders that are already here and the elders that are coming up that are young adults and that are coming up as elders the team that you're placing together father we are humbled we're humbled we're humbled and all of those that are watching that are part of the family prayer center they're not watching as to watch a show they're watching as this is their church and lord we just so much want to minister to them whether there's 10 people five people two people or just that one individual they are a church that one individual is a church wherever they're at and we just thank you and we give you all the praise and glory let this rest upon them today and this anointing in jesus name hallelujah We'll read in just a moment, but stay with me. See, we're, uh, we are, there is, you know, you've heard me say this so many times, but we are, there, there's a war, there's a, there's a, a army that is being, has been being prepared and is all the more getting their marching orders all the time, and that's Joel's army, and that's the ones who have an ear to hear. Now, much of the church is asleep. I'd say, I would say the majority of the church is asleep to, uh, numerically, numerically, is asleep to uh, the voice of the bridegroom that is trying to wake them up. Much of the church is progressively waking up, and that's good. But we who by his grace with no boast who are leading the charge and have been leading the charge have been part of an army that is preparing for a war the end the absolute war of all wars and i'm not talking about world war three as it is on planet earth i'm not talking about i'm talking about the real war the war of all the ages the war of Christ's bride, the church, which is Christ, the hope of glory in us, and the war that the Antichrist, and I'm not even citing this as tribulation, but the war of the Antichrist spirit, which is Satan, trying to abate or hold, abate or hold back the great harvest of the planet. So that's the war. The end war is this, Christ against Antichrist or Christ against Satan. If you say, well, I, I, we're preparing for the war, the wars between the Republicans and the Democrats, that's, that's itty-bitty stuff. It's between the liberals and the, uh, and the conservatives. That's itty-bitty stuff. It's the Illuminatis and the, the, all the, you know, the secret orders and all the things behind it. That exists, yeah, but that's, that there's, there's one, John said, it's the spirit of Antichrist that already is working in the earth, who, walk, who works in the children of disobedience, and he's blinded their minds. And this great war is all, it's not a war between America and China. It's not a war between, as I, as I said before, whatever your political party is or whatever it is not. That's you, 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 you cut off one head in that, and there's 10 more that takes its place. You win one victory in that, and there's 50 more challenges that come up. 
the reason being those are all splinters. Those are all, those are all just the taproot of all wars is the Antichrist spirit, Satan himself, wanting to keep back the great harvest of the planet. And the war of wars is the Joel's army, which is a spiritual army, who looks past and says, well, you know what, we can make a difference in our nation. We can confess of our nation, but I won't become a buck private or take a less kind of position when he's called us to generals, kings and priests, to bring in a great harvest in the earth. A buck private would be like, turn and get all involved in political things and get all involved in you know, marching this and petitioning this and doing that. We need those people. God needs those people. That's not us. Our call is for a revival. We'll have just as much authority in saying what, we'll have more authority in saying what happens through going to the place where we go past the finally in verse 10 here. Look at the word finally. The word says here, Paul leads them up and he says, finally, finally, everybody say finally. finally. Listen, we've spent the last few weeks establishing the word finally. We've not tried to make it more than what it is, but I've by definition said this. It's not like the final item on a grocery list, like you had 10 items and you get to, oh, finally, you know, I pick up and that it's uh, disingenuous or disconnected to everything else. Like you may have a grocery list with 10 items, but the laundry detergent and milk are not connected. They're on the list, but you put the milk in the refrigerator and the laundry detergent in the laundry room. In other words, he's not saying, oh, last thing on the list, finally, let me list this. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, as a result of everything that I've said in chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 and a half, because 5 and there's, there, you know, by the time, no, not 5 and a half, actually, yeah, 5 and a half, because it gets over into chapter 6. He's actually over into chapter 6 before he comes to the place and says, whew, finally, I get to say this, that there's a war in two parts. Now, I'm saying this. There's a ground war, and there's a war, an aerial war, you might say. You're not going to be able to win the air war unless you win the ground war. And the ground war is everything leading up to chapter 6, verse 10, which is him to be able to say, you are finally, you're equipped to wear the armor. Finally, you're equipped to be able to launch an air war. Finally, you're able to be able to turn and say, we're going to pull down principalities over this region. And we're going to see a revival in Immokalee. I don't want to also give the misconception that one has to, that it has to have an, an abrupt break. In other words, you get so perfected that finally you are able to launch an air war and speak to principalities and confess and break things. No, it's a progression as you go. It's as you continue to purge, or Christ in you continues to purge the flesh, 
then the more that less of you and more of, you know, less of me and more of you, as there's less of me, then there's more of him that when I stand and go past the word finally here and actually begin to say and speak and do, and it's not just if I give the, the pretense or if I give the thought process like doing these things is you shouting to the heavens, it's not just that. But when you heal a sick child, you've broken the back of a principality. Because the atmosphere over a region that says no faith, doubt, fear, when we come in here and as we go further in this thing, the world calls it energy. We don't call it energy. We call it anointing. But as the anointing increase and you walk into this atmosphere, you will have had a booster shot of anointing or atmosphere that causes you your believability. I call it the believability factor. In other words, you go to a place where your expectant level actually creates an atmosphere and that it's like an inertia the more you expect miracles the more they'll happen it's not a goofy high feeling like oh let's let's all have happy thoughts it's an atmosphere it's an anointing atmosphere and the more that that atmosphere fills an auditorium or a place where people are at or two or three people the more that they have that like I believe God can do anything. And the more that that atmosphere and that the world would call it an energy, but it's an anointing, the more that you engage in that, because for decades and for millennials, the enemy has ruled over certain regions. I don't know what their name is. I could care less. Let's discover their names. Let's not get stupid or goofy. <laughs> I don't care what the principality. I know that there's a principality over this region. And he has fought to keep back revival. He has powers, principality, powers, rulers of darkness. And all these spirits that are past the word finally here. We're gonna, we are breaking their back. They will fall. Completely fall. The void of their fall is a rush and a, con a continued invasion of angelic host, Holy Ghost atmosphere. Listen, the difference between you praying. On a, on a prayer line, I know this as a pastor, as a minister of the gospel. When the people come in with an attitude, and I'm not getting on to anybody, I don't know anybody with an attitude this morning, but when you come in with an attitude, that's conducive to devils. That's why individually you have the little spat at home or you, something comes up. or you, If you come in with an attitude... Or if you come in with a, like a, something you're just, you know, it's, it's, it's on you. Somebody said, I affected the service this morning. No, not really because mine and others should override you. But you really can care. You know, what was the guy, was it Linus or who was it? Or Pigpen or what in the, 
Yeah, and Charlie Brown's, he walked around, he had this <laughs> dust around him. It was an atmosphere. You carry an atmosphere with you wherever you go. If you're prayed up, you'll be like uh, Smith Wigglesworth. You walk in a room, and the, the words, the, the, that prophecy said, you always have an answer for everything. Move under my authority. Move and just walk in. Well, they're cussing me out. Well, don't say anything. Just, you know, you probably need to move if they want to hit you. <laughs> but they're... Whatever they're in won't can cancel you out. But you'll cancel your own self out. But then the more that a group comes in, energized in the anointing, they're prayed up, it creates. Angels are going to work. Stuff's happening. Holy Ghost is, the Holy Ghost is high. He never gets down, but he's high. He's like, whoo, he's jumping like, ooh, we got some people coming in here full this morning. They're full. They've been praying. Hallelujah. They left attitude in the parking lot. They're bringing in. They're like, you know, they're discussing stuff and like, where, where's miracles at? And we're going to do that is conducive. But that also has everything to do with the ground war that you fight on a weekly basis. Because if we can go to an aerial war, why do you say an aerial war? Because the word goes on to say here, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of Diablo or the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but wait, whoa, 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 wait, time out. <laughs> Paul, if I just read the last five and a half chapters, we were wrestling against flesh. In other words, we were having to crucify flesh. But here he gets to, you're not the war that you're launching now because he's going into put off, put on, put off, put on. This is how, you, have, have you been, how you've been created in the new man. Don't let that old man rise up. There may be a war, but you put that man off. Love one another. He even goes, can you believe? Can, now, I, now, listen, this is amazing. Prior to this, thank you, Jesus, prior to this, going just before he gets to the finally, one of the last things he says, well, one of the last things he says is children honoring your parents, loving them. But just before that, of all the spiritual things, I mean, of all the great anointed things that he could talk about that would get you ready for the battle is how well do you get along with your spouse at home? Read Ephesians. That's what he's saying. Husbands, love your wives. Be not bitter against them. Wives, what is that all about? This is a spiritual, this is a war manual. And he's trying to get us to the finally where we, bam, bam, we punch that devil in the mouth and blood. I mean, I mean we, when he, we hit him, we draw blood. The church hasn't been drawing blood for years because they're cussing their wife out at home or being mean. And then they want to stand up and say, let's get together and, and have church and pull down principalities. And the principalities are saying, you're so dumb because the war manual says you better know how you treat your wife at home. And then you're going to speak to me. 
We are boys. <laughs> For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Oh, well, Paul, you, the last five and a half chapters you've been telling us we've been wrestling against ourselves. That's a different war. That's the ground war. That's war one. See, there's two wars. You can't have any authority in the spirit realm to get anything done if you're losing the realm in the, in the, in the natural, or, 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 the, or the, it's the spirit realm, but I'm talking about spirit realm as principalities and powers. If you're not winning the war of character, let's say it like that, if you're not winning the war of who you've already been made, if you're not walking in the image of who you've, who you've been made in Christ, and how you're supposed to treat others, in the church, out of the church, and especially, listen, this woman right here, is the, he, she is the litmus test in my life of where my love walk is. She knows me better than anybody else. I'm uh, a pastor to you. I love you. I, I don't like pretense. I don't like hypocrites. I love them. But I don't like people that are one way at home and a different in the pulpit. But of all people on the planet that I have to know that I have to tr treat right, it's the ones that know me. See, you can be nice to somebody that has a, a position. And you can say, yes, sir, or no, even when you don't want to, or yes, ma'am, or... He even goes into employment situations and slaves loving their masters and masters loving their slaves. That's, today, that would be modern, you know, that would be employments. How you treat them. So the way that some people cuss their bosses and then they want to think that they're going to have authority in the kingdom of God. Wait, pastor, you're talking about, I'm talking about character stuff. I'm talking about Ephesians 1, 2, 3, especially in chapter 4 and chapter 5. Now he gets into all the uglies. He gets into all the stuff that everybody knows. I say everybody, I'm being sarcastic. Everybody should know fornication and sleeping around is wrong. You, you don't have two cents of I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I'm saying God loves you just as much. But as far as just being able to speak to the devil, you don't have two cents of authority unless you repent. Now, you can repent. It doesn't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. But I'm just I, I'm trying to teach for love. Somebody living in adultery or living in fornication praying for the sick they don't have any authority in other words they can't help that sick person get healed unless they come out of it now they can immediately repent say i'll forgive me i won't do it now i'll pray and then god will come do you have scripture on that we've just taught it a bazillion Bazi not, not one, but a bazillion. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now these are, now these are personal, these are real life, not humans, they're demonic spirits. Can you see that you can't see them? They're invisible, but if you were in the spirit realm, you could see them. They do look. They do have a physical, and they 
You know the, how the Holy Ghost, and I'm just, the Holy Spirit just having me exhort and teach. You know how the Holy Ghost, um, when he comes in, you know, he's always with us. But you can say, my God, well, the presence of God is so wonderful. He's everywhere. Now, the Holy Spirit's everywhere. He's not like one of these. He's everywhere. He's God. One of these, a principality, power, there might be millions, billions of them. A third, a third of innumerable fail. Okay? What's a third of innumerable? Innumerable in the New Testament, uh, in, the, in the book of Revelation, says an innumerable count, company of angels. In other words, we don't really have a number that we could attach it to. There's so many. And a third of innumerable fail. So what do you think? I think there's probably a lot more devils than the 8 billion people on the planet. So if you think they're scarce, they're just like, no. It may be 10 to 1. Maybe 100 to 1. I don't know. So there's a bunch of them out there. Can you, could you see them? Yeah, you could see them if God would open up your eyes. Now, they can't hang around you if you, and if you won't let them. But they can approach you on a daily basis. They can try to get something over on you. <laughs> Most Christians are losing the war in the ground war, which is the character war. What, what are you talking about? Well, if we started back over here last week, um, you know, chapter 4 and chapter 5, because I'm listening because I think he's going to have me go someplace else in just a moment. But if you're losing that ground war, there's no way to have any effect um, on the spirits that come to affect. And you know what people get? They'll get depressed. They'll get angry at other people. And then they see, listen, if everybody else is the reason why you are what you are, if they hadn't let me down, if they hadn't, people can do you wrong. You could have been done wrong as a child. But once you're born again, if you choose to not turn, and the devil will come and offer every excuse. That's where they work hand in hand. Those spirits and the flesh work hand in hand. They'll offer an excuse, and if you say, yeah, Donna Roberson, she's a great hero of mine. She's so full of love and so full of joy. And she's like probably many women. I, she's given her testimony, but there might be many, many. I'm sure there is. There's many besides her. There may be some in this building. She gives the testimony, and we won't go into the graphics of it, but at four she was sold by her mother to other men. Physically sold at four years old. She hated God. She hated people. She hated everybody. That's why she went into witchcraft. She wished everybody was dead. She hated people. But once she got born again, the washing, and she made no excuse to say, I've got roots back there. I've got curses back there. She understood that all curses and all bets were off. Then it's up to you how fast you want to run. You could, you could wallow in the memory of, that episode, that episode, I'll never be healed of it. I need to go to a psychologist. I need to go to a psychiatrist. I need drugs. I need, I need some kind of antidepressants. I need, listen, the church has not seen the power of God that's going to be demonstrated in this last day. 
And this power of God is so powerful that it heals not only the sick, it heals the emotionally disturbed. Glory be to God. And if you and I can win this war, and we are winning this war, this ground war of character, then the atmosphere that we bring, devils really shouldn't be casting out devils or having dominion over devils really should be the easiest part of our journey. Because once the character part is won, then the authority just flows into the spirit realm against these, these devils. Are you having a good time? Hallelujah. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you. We're going to continue as we go in the next, I don't know, maybe the next few weeks. Who knows? But uh, I hear him transitioning and saying, go to another place. So I'll, I'll, I'll do what he says. Go to Romans chapter 8. Hallelujah. We just love everybody. We love everybody watching. You're so special. Now, spiritual warfare shows up in the most inconspicuous places. And I'm not trying to teach a seminar necessarily on spiritual warfare. I just want to knock the devil in the, in the mouth, not for vengeance sake. I want to cripple him. I want us together to cripple him. But the purging war that we've heard of in the last two years, like the fire, what's all that for? Well, it's to purge us, bring us to a place where everything that we are in Christ is in full bore. Christ did not come, or the Holy Spirit did not come to replace born-again nature. He came to enforce it. He didn't come to recreate the will. You were created in righteousness, true holiness, and the dictates of the power of that new nature, that life of Christ in you is more than enough. But with that, in Romans 8, there are three intercessors. The first intercessor, or the first place, and we're not going to teach all that, the first place, the ground swell or the dynamo, the generator that cranks out righteousness is the born again. Then when we get to, uh, and that's in all the previous verses leading up, to this, this, actually this chapter reminds me so much of Ephesians chapter 6 when he gets to the finally. Because he leads up in chapter you know, 8 here talking about our groanings. Uh, from the very beginning he talks about you know, uh, that we've, that we're not of the flesh. Verse, verse 9 says, but you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. And that's the, that's the power of the born again. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. All these spirit are small s. Small case S's. In other words, it's you. But by the time he gets over, and there's another mention at least once, but by the time he gets to, to verse 26, he, he's saying, just like 
you've been empowered to walk in righteousness and, and be freed from it, and the born-again spirit man has a place of always being intercession. It, it cries out, Abba, Father, but it's an intercession wanting the body to be changed. But likewise, in verse 26, the Spirit or the Holy Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now that's our famous verse. That's, our, that's, that's kind of our go-to. But so often we don't equivocate chapter 8 with what that has to do and what that has to do with love and then what that love has to do with spiritual warfare. Ephesians 6, pulling down massive amounts of atmosphere. I want the atmosphere that has exploited immokalee like, and now there are good rich people here, I'm not saying that, but the rich people exploiting the poor, having them live in shanties and charging them excess amounts of money. I want the, um, the spirit that has been ruling. Now, ours is not just going to be a mockley. He's told us last year it's a regional. I want that spirit of, uh, uh, what are they, how do they say it? What's the slang? Um, daddy baby? Or is that right? I want the daddy baby atmosphere. I'm Mr. Macho, so I want to see how many I can get pregnant. That nasty, no good for nothing. And I'm not calling the man that, but he kind of is anyway. How many I can get under my, you know, notches on my belt. That's been an atmosphere over Mockley. Just that's nasty. That's dirty. That devil is... And then that exploiting of the, of, the, of the poor. That's a couple of devils. But they work under a principality. We want to bring that principality under a place where angels are able to go up in a, in a, in a spiritual realm and take a place, a, give place and create an atmosphere where Holy Ghost rules over everything. Will all the devils ever be gone? No, no, no. As long as there's people that don't want to serve the Lord, there'll be plenty of devils. And that principality will be lurking somewhere in the darkness, hoping to eventually get back in. But revival is an atmosphere that charges the atmosphere. So people are, there's an atmosphere where people are saying, what must I do? What must I do? That little church, we, we, we went by it a million times and we we just saw it on the side and you know we don't it, it was got a stupid look funny looking roof and and we don't know and we've heard people in there there we've heard a lot of people about people in there you know they're weird people and they speak this crazy language and and then uh we don't do no chicken walking in here you know and all that stuff and uh you know and rolling around uh, although sometimes may that be better than <laughs> than some of our, some of the dead services, you know. But they're not. We don't have dead services. No, 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 no. Don't say that. Don't say that. But listen, atmosphere is everything. Well, here again, likewise, the Holy Spirit. He's wanting to get us past excuses. Love walk. Now I don't know that you've noticed this. Maybe this is going to be 
hot news to you today, but all Christians do not walk in the same level of love. If they're born again, they've been given perfect love, but that perfect love has not been perfected. And if you're naive enough to say, oh, no, we all just, you know, love, faith works by love. The ground fight for us getting to bring in an atmosphere, and again, it's not like we come to a point where we're all totally perfected and then the finally can start. Now on this Sunday, everybody's, you know, we've got 60% of the church pretty well purged. Now we can all start walking. No, <laughs> no. It's a progressive thing on every individual's basis as we're going forward. But look what Paul said in this, you know, past Past the praying in tongues. Let's get past the praying in tongues, which is in verse 26, and how in verse 27 he's working all this, you know, all, all right, 28, he's working all this for the good. But then he goes, this is, uh, this is the finally, to me, this is the finally of chapter uh, Ephesians 6, 10. What shall we say then in verse 31? Okay, finally to all this, since we've, I've said you got a new nature, it's an intercession. The Holy Spirit, he'll step up and back up the new nature. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not, and I'm in verse 32 of chapter 8, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? <laughs> Glory to God. Does that sound like healing? Deliverance? That's not your house. That's not your new car. That's a outpouring of the holy mm, glory to god i'm fixing to run hallelujah <laughs> Woo! <laughs> shall he not give us all things who shall lay anything to the charge of god's elect it's god that justifieth who is he that condemneth it's christ who died yea rather that is risen again who is even at the right hand of god who also, here's the third intercession in this chapter. You got your spirit, the Holy Spirit, and Christ. He's also as a standing witness of intercession in heaven for you. Then he asked these questions. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall, now, before we go into this, I'm going to read this, litany of, or this list here. He's going to get to love, which is the final, you know, basically of, of all things. But, uh, or he says right here, um, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? But when he's talking about love, this is what I meant to say. When he's talking about love, graduate, graduate in your maturity past a place of thinking God getting his love to me and me just feeling uh, an experience of the Epervescence or the high of God's love to me, and oh, I feel you, and that's great. I feel you, Father, and that there's nothing like that. But He wants us to know that there is a love that is so strong. It's an interaction with God. This interaction is so wonderful and so powerful that this interaction, it recipitates or gives love or gives back love it creates an atmosphere 
an atmosphere so strong that it dispels demonic forces. You're talking about a weapon. We didn't even get into the armatry, the, arm, the real arming, what we've done it before, but we didn't get into arming, what the army, the arming, the armament, thank you, the, what the armament is in Ephesians 6. But are you talking about an armor? There's no armor like the armor which we receive from love. And what comes from us, not just from us getting a like, oh, I got a real, I got a, oh, I, cr- I cried this morning. That's wonderful. I don't want to take, I love to cry. I got, I, I felt his, but listen, if that is truly him, you won't walk out of that and hate your brother or have an attitude against your brother. It's like a splinter in your finger if you don't pull it out with tweezers, it's going to get infected. The infection will usually push it out, but you can't walk in the two. Nor can you walk in the authority with something in there. That's why he said in Ephesians 5, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Get it right with everybody. And even if they don't want to get it right with you, just say, okay, I'm choosing on my end, I will not hold an offense against you. You can't do anything. Listen, <laughs> I've done it sometimes out of selfishness. What do you mean? I've, I've said, Lord, this is only partly right. I know this is only partly right. But there's an offense there that I could receive. But uh, one of my kids is sick. Or one of my grandkids is sick. And I'm not going to let that, which I know will impede my anointing, I'm not going to get that grandkid healed, still holding offense against that one. So Lord, I got I to gotta go, I got to get them healed. So let's mean you get this right now with the blood. Really, what I'm saying, it's not totally perfect because I should get all that right even before a crisis comes up. But I sure enough know this. I sure enough know this, that if I'm going to go to war and there's sickness on my kids or sickness on my grandkids or there's a fight in the house for health or a fight in the house over my finances, I better get that ground war won because if he don't have anything in me, then I've got all authority. But if he's got any malice in me concerning anybody else, I might get that kid healed. I might not get that. So at times I've said, Lord, okay, this ain't worth it. Me and Candy have had times where something has come at us and we'd feel something and we'd say, whoa, whoa. You know, we could feel it for hours or something. And then something would come up with the kids and we'd say, whoa, wait, wait a minute. We got to get, we got to go to war here. Before we go to war, let's get all this straightened out. If you don't get that straightened out, you're just, you're, you're beating your brains out for nothing. You're fighting something you can't win. Keep, keep rebuking the devil and be mad at somebody. It don't work. 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 Just go ahead and get it out of the blood. Then turn around. And get that thing done. Hallelujah. Thank you.
Hallelujah. So he says this, who is he again, verse 34, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yes, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Then he says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? No. I, I don't know what's coming on the earth, but this, it's not going to separate you from not just the experience of feeling his love, but all of the benefits. There's provision in his love. There's health in his love. There's also the ability, you're talking about spiritual warfare, spiritual love empowers you to stand on this planet and dictate to principalities and powers what will be and what will not be. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? No. Distress? No. Persecution? No. Famine? No. Nakedness? No. Peril? No. Sword? No. Let's just back up. Hold on. Hold on. What's coming on America? I don't know. What's coming on the, ne you know, the next four years? Or this, this, that, and the other. Listen. I don't care where it gets. Nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. Nothing. Except me. I'm the only... You'll notice... Yourself is not in here. That's the only, that's the only, a devil can't do it. God said, who, who, who's going to condemn when I justify? A devil can't do it. Famine, nakedness, peril, sword, all these things. Now listen, I get it. I get it. You may, you may want to, you may, you may want to stock up a little bit if you think there's a, Another paper crisis coming where you can't wipe. That's okay. You can have a little bit extra. That's fine. But to stock up like, I'm going to fill our basement up with food and cans and this and this and this. Okay, now, now wait a minute. What are you going to do if... It does go to famine, and you see people around you. Are you going to keep all that secret? Are you going to hoard it up and say, no, now this is for me and my kids? Is that what Christ taught us? See, every little Mexican kid that was on my block, if I had the whole garage packed and it got to be famine, I'd share it with every single one of them, right down to my last can of beanie weenies. Why? Because that's the gospel. Freely. You've given, freely received. And then I'm going to say, oh, famine's coming. I better, well, what if it did? What if it did? We will be like those of the Old Testament. He will supply if he has to bring ravens. Well, it's just wise to stock. It's wise to stock up for a week or two stuff. I mean, a hurricane coming, yeah, you can stock up a little bit. But I'm going to stock up. Nobody's, we're, I'm going to live because... You're going to live and you're going to let somebody else. I'm going, I'm going to look across the street and let a little kid go hungry or somebody in my neighborhood. And, you, and then we're going to cause a revival. Mm -hmm. 
I know you are. I know you are. As it is written, for thy sake, we're killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. Now we could go back in uh, Psalms and pick that up. And we probably will next week because it's good. Nay, in all these things, God, I feel his anointing. And all these things were more than conquerors through him that loved us. I'm persuaded. Paul came to this persuasion. This is a man that had been beaten and tried and three times shipwrecked and every kind of, you know, everything possible that could come against him. Paul, what's your testimony? Tell us what you think, Paul. Tell us what you really, really think, Paul. Well, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, not an angel, not a principality, not a power, not anything present, not anything that could possibly come in the future. No president, non-president, no antichrist, no not presence of antichrist, no height. And we could break down the Greek words here, but we won't today, just as this is a, this is a place of incredible insurmountable you can't seemingly impasse you can't get past it depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord hallelujah let's all stand together oh praise God praise God all the glory father we love you and we love these because these that Lord clapped, they were clapping for you, for your anointing that flowed through me today. Because of the expression of us desiring to love you and have more of you than we've ever had. Please, Abba, take us to the next level. Take us to the next level. Lord, deliver our feet from any stumbling stones that the enemy would like to place. And those that are watching today as they've entered into this service with us, let that love flow out to them knowing that they can never ever be separated from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. We love you, Father. We give ourselves over to you. If you're watching today, it's 5 to 12. We've got five more minutes and we really could go as long as we want. But let me say this. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, or if you're coming back from a ro long road where you have not known, where you've walked away, you may have known the Lord, but you've been walking in the world. If that is you this morning, I want to pray for you. And I'm not even, I don't believe he'd have me bring anybody up here, but if you need prayer in any way in regards to, I'm not really sure where I'm at, or I'm coming home, I need to recommit my life to the Lord. If that's you, if there's anyone here, with all heads bowed and every eye closed, just slip up your hand. I want to pray for you. Is there anyone here? Anyone? Maybe everyone's good here, but I know I'm speaking to someone in this building and through the camera. In just a moment, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for everyone. The simplicity of the gospel is this. Jesus came. He's the gift of God. He's the gift of eternal life. God's gift. Man could not save himself. Man had already fallen and was headed towards an eternal, 
uh, a state of a state of torment the lake of fire god provided a gift his name is jesus he came he died resurrected and ascended unto god paul said whosoever whosoever would confess him with your mouth and believe in your heart that god raised christ from the dead and that believing in your heart is more than just that you believe it happened you're asking christ that everything that he did in that to become personal to you meaning you're asking him to forgive you of your sins and that you will follow him as a believer from that point on i'm going to pray this prayer if anybody is in here that needs to we're all going to pray it together and those in the camera watching please let's pray this together dear heavenly father i thank you for jesus christ and for the love of god dear heavenly father come into my life today forgive me of all my sins and wash me fresh and new in the love of god and in the blood of jesus father i commit my life to christ and i will serve him in jesus name amen we continue to say every week and sometimes we'll give a line for it but if you're not filled with the holy ghost please ask the lord to it's simple lord jesus fill me with your holy spirit and and the simplicity of it is if you're born again this is a free gift as well and uh once you ask you can believe and if after service if you come up and say pastor i'm not filled with the holy spirit i'll pray for you and you will be filled but hallelujah it's it is a gift of god and it's available for you today i bless you today anyone that needs prayer physically um, stay around for a few moments don't forget uh, that homer needs to see the young adults for just a little bit father i bless this crowd and i bless everybody watching i bless them in the precious name of the father the son and the holy spirit the lord of the church jesus our lord amen god bless you amen